0: Boom, okay. we're live. Larry Lasky. We got audio? Hey. Yeah. Hey. Larry Lasky. Good to meet Eyes you. Eyes in the flesh. Good to meet you. I'm Jay. I'm the one who knows Chris. you online. There's Chris, my silent partner. Welcome silent to Hard him. Out My Favorite Movie with our guest Larry Lasky. Um, let me say quick, like all episodes into the foreseeable future. This one is brought to you by Cactus Jack, the movie we made. So stick around at the end. Watch the trailer. But we're not here to talk about Cactus Jack. We are here to talk about Larry Lasky's favorite movie, which is... Raiders of the Lost Ark. And you are one of those guys, when I put this question out there, a lot of people ham and haw and torture themselves over it. And I'd be the same way. It's hard as hell to pick a favorite. That word itself is strange to me. But you had no qualms, took no time to think about it. You knew exactly what your favorite movie was. As long as it took my fingers to
1: type the answer.
2: (laughs) And has it. it always been your favorite since day one when you saw it? Or did you ever vacillate on that?
1: You know, that's an interesting question. I think the first time I saw that film, I was probably around four or five years old. And so I think... It Probably alternated that time between that and Tim Burton's Batman. Okay, at five, I was obsessed, everything was Batman. I'll be perfectly honest. I had the <laughs> shoes, I had many. Five, I don't if you remember, they had yes. like that Warner Brothers catalog, and you could order anything from yes. the catalog. And so, my great grandmother, for my birthday that year, she was like, What do you want? And you know, being five, I was like, Everything,
0: just brands, so literally, she bought I
1: want everything. It all. <laughs>
0: That's great. So, right but then Still the coolest man. Yeah, over movie. the years. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. But then Jack over Nicholson, the years I would say Michael Keaton.
2: Michael Keaton you wanna get
0: nuts. That's it's not nuts. <laughs> Fucking best shit ever.
1: Uh but yeah, over the years then um I would say Raiders just kind of stuck in a way other films hadn't, especially as I became a Um, You know, a writer myself, first as an amateur and then as a professional, um, I think my appreciation for the film just kind of grew and grew and it really endeared itself to me and rose to the top. You know, kind of interesting. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say it's kind of interesting. um, You know, Lawrence Kasdan also wrote my second favorite film, which is The Empire Strikes Back.
0: Nice. So... He just Every had a episode run. touches on Star Wars. I love it. it does. <laughs> um, it just shows that we know uh, way too many geeky white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> As a company included, myself. Right. Um, well, so what... Go ahead. Well, Chris and I, have, we were just talking even before we sent you the link about how people go about choosing their favorite movies. And there's different ways to do it. There's your favorite that makes you feel like a child again, or there's your favorite just from a technical craft standpoint, you objectively think it's the best. Then there's the movie you take the most joy from. And then there's like your Desert Island movie. If you could only ever watch one movie again, what would it be? Sometimes that might overlap. In some cases, it, you know, might be different answers. With you, is Raiders like all of the above or is it? Oh, it checks off every box.
1: Yeah, easily. Um, in terms of the technical aspects, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen um, people dissect um turning it into a black and white film Yes. and that black Soderbergh and white transfer did that, didn't he? yes right. yes he did. yes he even took out all the audio he replaced it with a different score right right just to show the out. composition shots it is amazing it's on his website i highly highly recommend it
0: Soderbergh's a man and props to you too for not giving a fuck about copyright or any of that shit with it like so many people <laughs> wouldn't do it our manager would tell us not to do it and shit probably Soderbergh's, do Soderbergh's doing it. Yeah. Yes. He's just all about the craft. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Just geeking out on this shit. And I mean For the right reason. Black and white indie makes so much sense. I mean, it was inspired by the thirties yeah. serial, you know, shit that George Lucas was inspired by. Um,
1: yeah, and it's not just the way he lit each scene, but Like um, you know, in that edit again, he removes all the dialogue. He removes John Williams' score. He Mm. replaces the purely about how it's shot. You never miss
2: anything Mm. because of the power of the visual storytelling. I think Spielberg. Spielberg, I, I remember seeing Spielberg say that specifically that he says you should watch movies with the sound off sometimes if you're interested in filmmaking because. You know those who are proficient at it will be able to tell the story without the, uh, any sound or dialogue. It's just you know you can just you can
0: now. Track it. I will yeah. say I yeah. fucking love before sunset, before sunrise, my dinner with Andre, right. Tarantino tape movies, etc. Right. So I mean yes. give it a break you know Richard right. tape, these yeah. dialogue movies, Woody Allen films that yeah. sound off. You are like what the fuck am I watching? So I, I there's mean, different kinds of movies for sure. Yes, but. different animals, right? Yeah, But there is something to be said about the true cinematic language of storytelling to tell a story through images, you know, and you can do that with Indy. I just watched it again last night, finished it this, this morning with my seven-year-old. He watched it for the first time. Fucking amazing. Yes, experience. I wanted
1: to ask you, what was that like watching it with
0: those fresh eyes? Beautiful. Now, my wife, bless her heart covered his eyes for some of the gory bits which i wouldn't have and he was mad about he actually literally said mom stop it i have horror in my dna ah, yes I he does yes that's great. Shit. Oh, oh, but, yes that's awesome like that um,
2: face melting shit at the end was yeah. fucking delicious man <laughs> like delicious next day she boo. goes
0: into work he might be seeing that shit uh, <laughs> <he started>. <laughs> problem is he's a tattletale. he'll dime me out ah. otherwise i'd secretly showing around shit but um so did it capture his imagination did oh dude did feel- let me say something though and i mentioned this in our star wars review with zart those fucking lego video games spoil the shit out of all of these movies and it pisses me off make lego games inspired by give us a new indiana uh-huh. jones adventure adventures they yes. ruin he, he knew kylo ren was gonna Amazing. kill fucking Han solo knew he was his kid he knew all that shit before he saw the movie because the fucking video game and the same thing in this when he goes to get the idol he's like he's gonna grab it and then the temple's gonna start shooting darts at him and shit i was like god i am those games i
1: forgot that they made an indiana jones
0: see i fucked up i thought that was like my way in for him because he's like five years old and already a gamer i was like oh shit let's and we introduce him to Indiana Jones and he'll be primed and ready when the movie comes. He'll want to see it, you know. It'll be like an event for him like it was for us when we saw the trailer after fucking Flash Gordon or whatever shit. We're older than you. Um, and no, it, it, it was on me, man. It fucking spoiled all the good moments in the movie. And I'm one of those people, and I subscribe to that theory that spoilers don't necessarily ruin things for you when you're an adult. When yeah. You're a kid, the first time seeing Indiana Jones, that yeah. shit should not be spoiled. Yeah. Luke, uh, you know, uh, Darth Vader being Luke's father, you know. Exactly. Legos. Now, there were moments well, that weren't in the yes. game where he never played the entire game. So there was some shit like when Marion died, he's like, oh, she's dead? They killed her mm-hmm. in the explosion in the truck or whatever mm-hmm. that moment where you think she died. Mm-hmm. So then oh, when he sees great. her in Bell Ox 10, he's like, yes, you know. So there were still some good moments. but Oh my gosh. I- so I was watching it. Yeah, earlier, I
1: watched it uh, today, and I just have to ask you guys did you notice that hilarious moment where the fly crawls? It's yes, mouth.
0: Balogs mouth. Yes. yes. I was like, what a fucking pro actor, dude. That's like, mm-hmm. right. Like, Ashley Simpson should have watched that before her Saturday Night Live appearance or whatever. She would have just trucked through that lip singing debacle or some shit. Somewhere. I just cracked I was him. like, it's the pins fly. Yeah, he didn't skip a <laughs> beat. That shit. The pence fly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the pence one fly. One of my strikes for the the Ted Cruz fucking. It's like Stone or whatever that was on his lip. Yes. <laughs> um, one of my
2: favorite moments in any movie ever is when the guy slinging his swords around and shit, and yes. just and Indy just fucking shoots him and walks off. Mafic. But do yeah. you know the story behind that scene? That yes. it was supposed to be this big fight, but. But um, Harrison Ford wasn't feeling that well that day. He had, like, diarrhea or some shit. He so. had dysentery. Yes, dysentery. <laughs> so he uh, he was like, I can't do this fight scene. So they're like, all right, how about he just swings his swords around and you just fucking shoot him? <laughs> and then it turns into one of the best moments in cinematic history. It is the yeah. moment
0: that makes Indiana Jones the coolest motherfucker. Ever. It really it's like, is. I ain't got time. That really say says shit. it all. <laughs> like it says There's I'm making this quote. up as I go along, you know.
1: There's a quote from ford uh where he was discussing that where he talked about it. he said um and his exact quote was i said to S-
0: Stephen, let's just shoot the fucker <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's <a laughs> one of the best quotes so to perfect
0: for just shoot the fucker i was trying to watch some of the making of and turn the kid onto that too because he knows i make movies he's seen yeah, the like, making of bloody yeah. hands and shit down here and unfortunately, because of our movie, Cactus Jack, he had seen like the Nazi symbol. So I'd already explained that to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Watch our trailer, folks. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, my um, so God. That trailer this movie, great. Yeah. He was like, God, I hate that Nazi symbol, Dad. Why do you have that thing? I'm like, man, trust me. It's props. But I, I was on the it.
1: website uh, the night it was going live. I kept waiting for the trailer uh, to pop up on you guys. And finally, <laughs> you sent me the link like right <laughs> yes. after.
0: I was like, Yes. It's crazy, dude. We're proud of it. It'll be out in January, but... I am so happy for you guys. It was fun, man. It was crazy.
2: (laughs) We've been at it it a while,
0: you know, just to make our own film. This was a passion. This was the passion project. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird to say. It's not that I really want to make this movie about this fucking nasty skinhead guy, but we wanted to make a film, and we always have been super interested in that kind of film, you know? Yeah. Um, Mississippi burning, trying for the spirit. At pupil, at pupil, at pupil. American, American history, history X, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, all that kind of shit to me is just fascinating. As a kid, any KKK shit. we grew up as white kids in a black neighborhood in D.C., basically in the Beltway. Okay, and never understood the whole hate thing we're like what is going on dude I don't know. like yeah,
2: naturally because we're the only white kids in the neighborhood our best friends are all black and stuff and we're just like why the fuck would anyone
0: hate anyone just because their skin color is different it's such right. an absurd notion and of course sometimes we would get fucked with understandably because we're the icons yeah. of whiteness in that neighborhood so some kids mm-hmm. were really yeah our enemies fuckers, were black you know? too but, so interesting. So that's why we made that movie. But our movies that we loved as kids were Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, Indiana Jones is still Harrison Ford. That era stubble Harrison Ford, even better yes. than Solo. Give him that fucking yes. five o'clock shadow. Yes. That is my icon of masculinity. Indiana, you know, so that's interesting. That,
2: uh, that I was going to say that when program. when he uh, when he was injured, yes. and he's like telling Marion where it hurts, you know. And she gives it a kiss each spot where he says he's hurt, you know, nice. from having been through all this shit and beat up and stuff, and then he just points to his lips here. You know, <laughs> it's it fucking awesome, man. I was like, that dude's a player.
1: <laughs> <laughs> were we the saying your son? It's the mileage. Yes. <laughs> what were we saying though, dude? You were starting to say something. Oh, funny. I was saying that's so interesting that um, Ford really wanted to play up the academic side of yeah. mm. him as much as the action side he's That's really cool. adamant about Love him that. being a professor and you see him when he's you know not mm-hmm. rugged badass indiana mm-hmm. jones
2: mm-hmm. he's
1: kind of a nerd
2: he's yes. you know he's yes. at the board
0: he's a geek yeah. when he's even taken aback he's a nerd hero the student it's all checks. i even said that to my son i was like check it out Mm. This whole class is all like shakes. <laughs> They're all in love with him because he's fucking Indiana Jones, you know. Eyes, and then she I blanks love you. I love you, or whatever. He's taken aback by that because he doesn't see himself. He sees himself as a right. man. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Not long ago, he yeah. was just some. Bookner, yeah, and suddenly infuse yeah. that into it to the point where the character truly sees himself not as some badass but he's like a principled nerd who kicks ass because gotta, nice. he's like we gotta get this shit this shit belongs in the museum you know the whole yeah it's all in the name of history said. preserving yes. history exactly and then We're even at the edge,
2: that belongs at the, in the museum
0: yes at the end of raiders how mad and defeated he is and frustrated when the cia Goons won't let them even see the ark or know where it's been put or anything. You know, it's like it's because of the artifact aspect of it, the, histo- sto- uh, the historical value of it. You know, that's um, when Belloc calls his bluff. You yes, know, right before beautiful. all yes, this, good. he's got the bazooka. He can destroy yes, it
1: right there.
2: Yes, and Belloc looks yes. at him he's like, "Nope, you're not going to do it." Brilliant. Yes. It was beautiful. Brilliant. Bellick. It is. I, I gotta. I mean, it really does. Character. Hit all the cylinders. It's, I mean, I can absolutely see why you would choose this as your favorite movie. It's definitely, I can see. To watching it
0: again, it might be mine. Yeah. God damn it. Right here, um, you. you know, it's
1: fascinating though that there's no arc for Indy. He doesn't have. Which is ironic. Any transformation. <laughs> the title. He doesn't. No, 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 he no. He doesn't, no. The, the no. doesn't change. I could talk at length about this. He believes. He Okay, I want to hear what you think his arc is. He starts the
0: movie when the CIA guys first come to him, the intelligence guys, and he starts the movie talking about all that Mm mumbo-jumbo, whatever, Mm -hmm. if you believe it. So he's, in effect, an atheist, or at least an agnostic, but by the end of the movie, he's the one saying, close your eyes, close your eyes. He's a believer. It's really about indefining faith, but I think they fucked that up when they made Temple a prequel, because he should have already had Uh, faith in the supernatural. supernatural. Yeah, right. So... Now maybe he wouldn't have believed in Abrahamic Judeo Christian supernatural right. shit or something so, so but I so, do think that it is about him coming to respect the power of God and the uh, the actuality of God you know Do you think so I mean I didn't I don't feel think like was he a conscious ever thing. I don't think they wrote it with that arc but I think it's there yeah, thematically It's intrinsic it thing that yeah. I just
1: didn't ever pick up that he doubted the religious power of these items or that they were real he seems well, very knowledgeable and very, um, very the mumbo jumbo right
2: from the start. The mumbo jumbo line. Now I haven't watched it as recently. Jay and you, you both have watched it like in the last since day that. Or so. Since, but, since uh, that
0: dawn on yeah. me watching it years ago, I see that now, and to me, it feels obvious. If maybe next time you watch it, watch that scene specifically because he does. Say I'll like, watch it with that focus, in mind. Hocus pocus, pocus, mumbo jumbo. Essentially, he's. He looks at these things as artifacts of historical value. He doesn't look at them as religious, supernatural. uh, Until
1: the ending, when he's telling her to close her eyes.
0: I'm going to
2: keep that in mind next
1: time I watch it.
2: You know Carl Sagan saying the praises of Scooby-Doo because it it did the opposite of basically what we're saying Indiana Jones does, which is... scooby-doo always starts with them thinking it's supernatural and it's a ghost or something and then in the end it's just a masked guy you know right, right. <laughs>
0: so um this kind of does the, has the opposite effect now uh, if you want to just use this as a jumping off point because you can only talk about a movie so much we like to just have discussions centered around the movie as a writer which you are i'm totally anti-transformative arcs i hate it that every movie and every exec who's read Save the Cat or whatever thinks you have to shoehorn in this transformative arc in a movie, that shit mm-hmm. rings false to me. So what you're saying yeah. about Indy not having one, to me, is a plus. I don't know if you're looking at it as a plus, but you're saying maybe oh, it's yeah. not normative. I, don't view it,
1: I don't view it as, as a flaw at all. Exactly. I just can picture some executive today you know, ragging that yes. he has to have some fatal flaw that uh-huh. costs him what he's looking for at the end Dang of the second it. act, so then yeah. he can redeem himself and complete shit. his arc and get bite him, blah, well, blah, like blah. the item, blah blah blah. Yeah, like he, as, as much like as I love
0: it's necessary to achieve your goal, you always have to change. Like no, sometimes it's the right guy for the right fucking job. You know, Bond never. As, much changes. as Bond is as bond. much as
2: I as much as I love Groundhog Day. That always bothered me about the way it ends, you know, like where the way he finally stops, Bill Murray stops repeating his same day over Mm -hmm. and over is because he arcs, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Like he starts making it about everyone else instead of himself. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, that's at least the point of the movie. almost. That's like a Scrooge tale where it's really about. I was going to say it's literally
1: the exact same arc he has in Scrooge. Yes.
0: It's like becoming altruistic. The selfish guy becomes altruistic. He's a better person for it, you know. Uh-huh. but to to insist it's just a that every movie is a real yeah yeah but um
2: uh, first off, you
0: see andy's arc is more thematic which i think i think it's the i think it's something that you just tease out i think it's something that's there yeah. because we write stories where of course plot impacts character uh-huh. and shit and it's just inherently yeah. going to take care of itself and good stories have that sometimes sometimes they don't and if you want to go back to the yeah. classic greek interpretation a tragedy is essentially a story where a fatal flaw does lead to a character's downfall because they don't change a comedy. Isn't necessarily funny. A comedy is where someone maybe changes transformatively to not be destroyed. Yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. traditional it's more older of a positive version of the uh, definitions. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The two masks, yeah. term or whatever. But now for me, I think TV is a place where arc could work because to me, real humans are very, 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 very rarely changed by a transformative moment. And if they are, it's something that should set their trajectory. I think if you're going to force an arc into a movie, it should be like an act one thing, like an inciting mm-hmm. incident changes the course of this guy's life or something. You know what I mean? I hate these movies where you have to buy the break into three, uh-huh. change to then win the day or whatever. It feels so false to me that people just don't, usually the problem with most people is they don't change. Or if they do, it's not necessarily in a good way. And if they do, it's not because of one moment. It takes years of effort falling down. You know, it's a roller coaster towards change. It's not just... As you said,
1: it's that save the cat effect.
0: Yeah, I hate that shit. The first script that we got signed at WME with and had success with or whatever, Mechanicsville, we put a cat named Snyder in the movie and had (laughs) rabid dogs (laughs) maul it and kill it. How's that playing Snyder? No That's
1: hilarious. Um, yeah, uh, you know, something else I noticed, and again, these aren't things I think of as, as a negative, but I just think they're kind of an interesting observation, is that Andy's goal in this film, nothing would have changed if he hadn't gone on this adventure. The arc still would have ended up in their hands. It still would have been opened. The Nazis all would have still died
0: interesting but see how he could have just had no effect in and picked up the trash basically yeah yeah they were all dead that is good a good point very interesting Yeah. the
1: only that. difference would have been that at the end the arc would have ended up left on the island deserted lost as opposed to um stuffed into Knocked a in house help,
2: which may be a yeah. better outcome than some random motherfucker coming across it you know just in this like sea of corpses oh, just, this like, and becoming god uh,
0: that is hilarious uh, but that's kind of how shit works yeah that's kind of yeah. how the real world is that you that's we, we don't have man, that much really impact yeah exactly. on history and shit you know it's these little pebble drops but no hey, but Indy's
1: all about Indiana Jones, whether we're talking Braiders or the later films too, is all about um, the nobility of failure. Indy is constantly yes. losing the yes. thing that he's going for. I can't. I don't think he ever actually gets the thing that he wants, except the opening scene in um, in the Last Crusade. I think that's the only time we see him succeed. No, he doesn't. He gets the, when he gets it from um, the guy on the ship later, on years ship. later. All right, all right. Otherwise, he constantly but, loses the thing that he's going for. Yeah, that's what like makes Charlie him so Brown with the football. Yeah, yes, yes, that,
2: exactly, yeah, exactly. Charlie Brown, right? Exactly. Um, and I, I think it was you know Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott have their column. I think they were talking about. If I'm, I might be misattributing this to someone, but uh, um, that. You know, or like Die Hard is another example of this, yes. where your ass the, the hero trouble. by the end, the character is bruised and battered and their shirts torn to pieces and they're covered in blood and mud and shit. You know, there's something satisfying about that. And and it makes them more relatable, you know, to that, you, you know, you're on their side. You want to on that with from a structural... Yeah. As an
1: action writer,
0: I have to leave my character beat to shit. Yes. The end. It's like they got to earn it. It's a <laughs> like crucible, man. And yeah. Just structurally. That's so satisfying uh, to write, say, sequence method. But with each one, he's failing. That's the beauty. So many writers will make it that he mm-hmm. achieves his goal. Oh, uh, that he was gets it, the, that piece. Was the That's, well, that's yeah. a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings type shit. It's almost video game. Like, I need to achieve this goal to then be able to move on to the next step. You know, the, the beauty is not subverting all that. And it's like, no, you fuck up. You fuck up. You fuck up. You keep failing. Yes. And now you need to stumble and recover. And now your goal changed because you fucked up. You didn't win that sequence. Now you got to fucking regroup. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the
1: first thing we meet him in is going after you know
2: this idol. The idol, yeah.
1: Belloc- and he gets awesome.
0: it. This is iconic. And he gets fun. it,
1: and then he gets out, and there is Belloc waiting for him.
0: Yes, and he Classic. takes it, and he There's tells nothing him, "You can attain this. that; I cannot take away." Yes, yes, it's exactly. Constantly,
2: it's constantly delighting you. You know, like it's like on the way in, they, there's poisoned arrows and there's, you know, and then there's the throw me the whip out, you know, throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. And there's treachery Alfred, throughout Lina. and being chased by the natives, snake on the plane and bell of course. And all, I mean, it's just tote and it's just constantly just like, delighting is the word, the best word I can think <laughs> yes. of. Just, yeah, uh, it really, I mean constant oh, oh not the idol or the um the medallion oh but on the other side see he ah, it burned take in his away hands. one
0: kadam yeah but on the other well side, take away for allah or
2: whatever yes exactly i mean it, this is the the well of souls being filled with snakes the the propeller death of yes. the, you know, the, the, the the strong man uh it's just fucking constant. Fresh and ever, dude. Just and all these me. great side characters, like
1: you were just touching upon. Mm. Um, you know, Belloc, Toad. To- Toad's um, the
0: shit. Peter Lorre's coat hanger. hanger <laughs> yes. The coat hanger uh, bit. Know, oh, oh, I saw an interesting trivia. That bit. was, the, was coat hang hang bit. the coat hanger bit. The coat hanger bit, he had been trying to work into 1941 with some Nazi character, and it just didn't make it in the movie so Dude, this is a bit is one of those things. that he had been working on pocket. for ages and he kept in his back pocket and finally gave to tote in the perfect fucking moment i mean the way the <laughs> actor delivered whoever played tote i don't know his name
2: fucking great. He, there weren't many scenes it was just like a ha- like four scenes or whatever it was you know i mean just
0: yeah the cameo on the plane how many lines you and, know. yeah
2: but uh what do you think of the sequels then so you know there's um you know, the Temple of Doom and um, the That's Last say It's great. Yes, yes.
1: Temple what, of Doom is do
0: but you got to start with Crystal Skull. Temple of Doom yes, is of
1: Spielberg. Yeah, you see it in Raiders. I think you mentioned about the gore um, mm-hmm. earlier. You see kind of the, sh- the schlocky Mm-hmm. um, you know, B horror elements mm-hmm. that Spielberg sometimes loves to indulge yeah. in. Which is and Temple not Temple of Doom. Uh, negative
2: necessarily, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. And positive, Temple of I mean, Doom
1: is him going all out with it. Yes. Whether it's the, you know, the chilled monkey brains uh-huh. or the you know, the Kali Ma heart, the insects. It's him going full out with yeah, his the heart
2: thing. Yeah, that was great.
1: With his really playful, gross-out mm-hmm. humor
2: that he mm-hmm. likes to indulge yes. in now and then. Yeah. I remember really being yeah, excited by it at the time when it came out. I loved it. All of them, and, all three of them
1: really know, did it a- The Last Crusade, though, is pure heart. And that's yes, what it is. That's Sean Connery,
0: you know, John Rest Connery. in Peace, Shata. To- River Phoenix. Uh, rest and Rest in to both of them. River yes. Phoenix, fucking legend. Mm. Kills it in that first scene. I asked, what they- other young actor would have fucking sold that shit like that? He, I mean, just like Harrison Ford, there's the whole Tom Selleck, Tim Matheson. Otter from Animal House at one point audition yeah. in the running to be Indiana Jones. Tom Selleck, they wanted and gave the part mm. to, except the fucking executive, whatever network Magnum PI was on, wouldn't let him. Um so that's really funny. Magnum had only been a pilot at this right.
1: point. It wasn't even going to wow. get made. They were going to shelve it. Then they heard that they wanted him for Indiana Jones. And then the they- network Went wow. back, looked at Magnum and said, Wait, maybe there's something here. Now he's something too. Yeah. Like, the um... guy who made
0: Jaws and Close Encounters once. Yeah. Him.
1: So Indiana Jones gifted us with Magnum <laughs> PI. <laughs> I got it, did.
0: Because um, again, Harrison <laughs> right. Ford, I mean, there's certain roles. Yeah. And there's only a few the of them, really. Because Chris and I love to alternate universe Dreamcast. I can't do it with Indiana Jones. No, well, no. Um,
2: someone needs to make the deep fake. Yeah, uh, in we Jones. talked about Tom that. Selleck
0: That art yes. controlled
2: deleted Magnum
1: era Sellick with yeah. the mustache. I mean, it's a and as well yes. as um
2: as well as Stoltz in uh Back to the Future. Someone the future. Needs to fucking. Well they take actually take shot for
0: six weeks in that shit. Yes.
2: But they need to Crazy. take the existing movie and yes. make it Stoltz. that
0: would be amazing. Makes me nice. wonder if yeah. there's any here, here. Make um, it Stoltz any, like, from mask. Song name. makes make it wonder if there's
1: any audition footage. Of, of a mask. There's any sort of um if there's any like rehearsal footage that they filmed with Selleck, reading the lines at all, there is some. I like saw some
0: on my Blu-ray yeah. package. They showed some. There's uh, him auditioning with some other chick. It wasn't Karen Allen, who we need to talk about too. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Out of all I the mean, chicks in those movies, I remember as a kid, I was thinking that they got progressively hotter as they went. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> no, think so. I appreciate Karen it. Allen, Karen no, Allen. No, yeah, it's yeah, Karen. Yeah. Totally. Wow. And what a great character. <laughs> I mean, just when you think about. The third, you talk about a German chick, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the great <laughs> noir, the noir aspect of it, the tough talking dame who just won't take shit. She's mm-hmm. been burned too many times. She's fucking awesome. She she kind of needs to be rescued, and it's weird they put her in the dress and everything because if you look mm-hmm. at it, there's that iconic red mm-hmm. pantsuit shit she has, like when she yes yeah, dined out by the monkey and shit. It's like she's in this Arab mm-hmm. country essentially. A woman yeah. wearing pants and shit—you know—that was pretty progressive. If you think about it. Now this no is pre-fifties where the Middle East kind of went to shit. But right, no shit. Yeah, it was before uh, you know Mosaddegh was overthrown. Right. Yeah,
1: so in nineteen thirty-six. Yeah, before right, exactly.
2: BP and the CIA and Kermit
0: fucking uh, Roosevelt got their hands it truly <laughs> is a perfect movie technically though i mean i was watching it again every single fucking shot is the shot to make like uh we just had a exactly. episode we did on jaws and i was talking about how spielberg is 26 and he made jaws and i wonder if he watches jaws oh, if he's like i would have done That's these amazing. things differently but i feel like raiders like i kind of nailed that shit yeah, spielberg, i watched raiders i'm like i don't know if i could do anything one, different one change a thing
1: I didn't realize he was that young when he... I know. Isn't that depressing? It is
2: depressing. It is. But if
1: you think about it, Raiders was like the anti... I don't know if you've ever looked at the the behind-the-scenes about Raiders, but Raiders was like the anti-Jaws experience. Raiders, they were given, I believe, an 85-day filming schedule and came in at 73 days. Crazy. So he was determined to get nice. this done and get yeah. done on
2: time and if he pleases the studio then he gets to make more they trust him you know i mean
0: it's well, on jaws smart. i was watching some of the jaws bonus features too because we just did a podcast on it and he did talk though about the problems of making that movie how oh, say we finally got our shot all set up everything's great i say roll sound roll picture action we're 10 feet away from where we set up because we're all fucking on the water, drifting around. Everything is just a nightmare. So I could easily see that going over budget, et cetera. Um, plus, that was a IP with a huge bidding war over the source material and shit for the novel Jaws. You know, Indiana Jones, the only thing it had going for it really was how Lucas swung and hit a fucking grand slam with Star Wars. Otherwise, yeah. they said every studio passed on it at first. Like, I mean, no one wanted anything to do with Raiders that of the Lost was. Ark. Um, Finally, they got Harrison Ford, and um, they even talked. Lucas was like, We should just make this down and dirty and as fast as we can um, for as low a budget as we can, et cetera. And Spielberg's like, Fuck yeah, that's how I want to make it. So that probably speaks to what you just said that they came in under budget early, you know?
1: Yeah, he was paramount when they financed it. They gave them, uh, you know, they had a really nice, uh, you know, first dollar a deal with it but part of that was contingent on coming in at budget on time paramount yes. put them you know under the gun to make this thing we'll make your movie but it, this isn't going to be jaws this isn't going to be close encounters um you know this is going to be fast it's going to be down and dirty
0: get it done what a lightning in a bottle, though. And mm-hmm. here's something we talked about, too, and I think one of the reasons Kingdom of Crystal Skull sucks is practical effects for a CGI. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I was telling my kid, I was like, you see that explosion right there? They blew shit up. <laughs> That's an explosion. They, yes. To make a movie, you get to blow things up sometimes, but I can't even say that to them anymore. I can't be like, dude, if you become a movie maker, you get to blow shit up. You don't. Now it's all done on fucking computers by some dude in fucking India or whatever. You know, it's crazy. That is the hill I will die on. Even the worst practical effects will look better. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Mediocre CGI. Preach. I will go so far as to say some of the best CGI won't look as good as mediocre practical effects. I mean, yes, because it's physically there, something tangible.
1: You can't even describe it. Ask people to describe sometimes why. Something doesn't look
2: or feel right. The uncanny valley, and even pinpoint it.
1: Yeah, I mean, go look at the Avengers films, and go look at you know I love them. The Russos are amazing, but go look at some of the last shots of um, like Infinity War, where they clearly have Don Cheadle's head CG'd onto this War Machine body, and it looks (laughs) awful. It looks terrible, and it's one of the last shots of the movie.
0: I, I really have a hard time caring in movies like that. Like, dude, take mm-hmm. the Clash of the Titans remakes. Give me that right. gentle, the original, man. Original shitty squirmy squirmy s- that he's playing like, clay nation. Uh, uh, fucking
2: yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Harry I mean,
2: yeah, exactly. part of I mean, it's it's like a an art form, you know. It's like that's part Absolutely. of the appeal is the obstruction, the fact that they had to figure out a way to do it that wasn't just yeah. you know. You
0: How can we take material digitized. things? And sell this illusion or whatever. You know, just pushing a bunch of buttons and cheating. Fuck all that, man. Sucks the fun out of it, the magic out of it. And honestly, I stopped caring. I don't care as much. Um, yeah, You put a person opposite no, a puppet, I care more. It's weird, dude. Right. The rush in The Last Jedi when Yoda
1: appears. And it's the puppet Yoda. It's not yes. you know, CGI, Phantom Menace. Yes. You know, prequel era Yoda. It is... Mm-hmm frank oz's puppet there and ryan johnson was just brilliant to use it and there's a certain rush that comes in that moment because
2: it looks right are we going to end yet another episode uh-huh. about the Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> every every favorite movie episode seems to the hilarious thing is chris and i are oh, freaks we like, like
0: todd solon's movies of course and <laughs> Gasper Noe and Gregor Rocky and shit like weird shit so it is Rocky, funny that yes. so many of these are going to come to Spielberg flicks from the 80s you know now, um, did you know I didn't know
1: um, until just the other day which is weird because again this is my favorite film of all time I didn't realize that uh, Lucas had crafted the original story with um, Philip Kaufman and that Kaufman had been his initial choice to direct the film
0: as well yeah and that was he crafted it before star wars even he had yeah star wars both kind of thought out and he didn't know which one he wanted to do next but he went with star wars yeah
1: yeah this idea kind of stewed from the early 70s on it was a long gestating project for lucas which is
0: cool. Um, and so, again, informed yeah. by his childhood the and his pulp project. shit that he grew up on, you know? Yes. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Tarzan, yes. Zorro, all yeah. those old serials.
0: Alan Quatermain type shit. Yes. King yeah, Solomon's King Minds. Minds. Remember that? That Richard Chamberlain, mm-hmm. King Solomon's Minds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knockoff. Only good thing about it was Hot Young Sharon Stone. <laughs> like 80s Sharon Stone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Total recall era. <laughs> yes. Exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, so, do you have a second favorite movie?
1: Uh, yeah, I mentioned Empire Strikes Back. All oh, right, right.
2: yes. Again, okay.
1: Lawrence Caston. Not because
0: we're both named Lawrence either. So I thought you were going to say the big chill and shit, man. Body Heat, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Empire was. Didn't Kasdan write a. Right? Uh, dude, what was that fucking terrible Stephen King movie? Duh. The one we make so much fun of. Oh, with three Dream Freeman. Dreamcatcher. Dream uh, yeah. Kaznan yeah. made that shit. Like,
1: what happened? Yeah, but then he goes and he writes The Force Awakens, which
2: I thought which is a brilliant script. Alright, see? see, That's another podcast.
0: <laughs> That's another <laughs> is <laughs> it? How much time know, do we have left? Minefield. <laughs> we probably got like 20 minutes left. I don't know, we're just not... Okay. We're just... I mean, look at the kind of movies I said we like and shit, so... Yeah, the new there's one is, just so many amazing. I prefer to see a subversion. Ifs. Yeah,
1: but with like Raiders, especially, there's so many what ifs, so many things that could have happened differently. It could have been a movie, you know, directed by Philip Kaufman, starring Tom Selleck. I know it would. Suck. <laughs> what would that film have been? You can't help it wonder about it uh, there's, there's mm-hmm. no way i
0: know some no offense to universe. philip kaufman or anything but there's no way i would have just watched it with my son and came away saying i wouldn't change a single fucking shot in that movie mm-hmm. or whatever spielberg is a savant he, he is. truly is um he, he was directing he just... jaws at 26 because we were just talking about this previously too at when he was a teenager he was like jumping the studio wall and going in and finding the fucking head of production i think and just telling him i'm gonna make movies here one day and send his dna always knew Driven to do it, was directing TV episodes at twenty years old. I mean, who does that? Not now, yeah. wonderkin phenoms. No. Don't do that. Like, I mean, he is mm-hmm. the guy just born for this. I mean, shit. it's
1: one of a kind. It's once in a it's, lifetime, once in a generation sort of filmmaker. Like, I was
0: watching Bound recently, the Wachowski movie. You know, back yeah, when were still Larry and whatever the fuck, right? Early their first movie. <laughs> And there's so many cool angles and innovative shots. And, oh, they shot this one fucking bird's eye and this one worm's eye and this one that and this one that. And, you know, kind of Fincher-esque where let's follow the phone cords through the wall with the phone call. You know what I mean? Tricky kind of shit. Spielberg doesn't do it. any of it. Right. Ever. It's just find the best place to put the camera where I, I'll move it from here to here. And it's yes. a frame shot. and it's We a know how telephones shot. work or whatever. <laughs>
2: like, um, right. I think it's because at the time it was something you couldn't this film set impressive up. to pull off you know like but at this point mm. it's like it's who cares if you do that stuff you know it's more it really is more about the story and you know the character
1: there's a confidence with him but he was so young and i always wonder you know was he really that confident or was inward every day you know minor panic attack at the start yeah I get the yeah. impression the from the making shit sort of shits I've thing. been
0: saying that no, that he just, this is what I yeah. do. He he I feel adventure. like he truly had the confidence and he truly yeah. just. Yeah. This shit is, in is the so way. true, though. It's almost I, like I, a I Zen. Like. It's <laughs> like a Zen or a Dow to it because it's such simplicity. Yeah. But yeah, I'm This kind guy confident. knew you obviously the what he was shot. destined for. You know, yeah. You're not doing anything. Well, I mean, just shot by shot, even. Like the shot he's framing up is just true. It's perfect. It's like you're not taking a risk that's the thing he's not framing anything risky he's not making a bunch no, of crazy he's not doing artistic anything. shots like uh nick reffin might do or something you know or even scorsese you know against new york yes. and stuff he had these weird
2: you know sometimes effects and things and and you don't really get that with spielberg it really is he doesn't get in the way that Solid, much but more storytelling he knows you know he knows mm-hmm. more like we talked about a lot lately j and i moments in films you know that every he just knows moments He know like every or in scenes you know scene work character all these sorts of things storytelling though is really ultimately it he just knows you how know, and he's
1: still doing it you look at um like that great shining sequence in ready player
0: one seen, man, yeah.
2: yeah i know that blew my no, mind i was like so what you, is happening have to watch this is, it yeah like it was very referential for something that maybe some of its audience wasn't even that like knowledgeable, which is great because it turns them on to it and stuff. I don't know, know you
0: watched that shit, dude. It's awesome. I did, yeah. <laughs> a lot, uh, like a so there
1: was a yeah. great story I read about uh Kubrick's daughter interrupting the filming of Raiders actually. Apparently he was really? filming the sh- he was filming the shining at the same time and it had to be what nearby. And his daughter shit. Vivian his daughter Vivian found out about the snakes that they were using and she was concerned mm-hmm. that Animal the snakes rice. were being abused. Yeah. So she contacted the RSPCA <laughs> and oh, wow. reported
2: them. Daughter. <laughs> that sounds I love about this. Right. I love this, <laughs> And were they harmed or no?
1: No, no, no! So Spielberg well, and they had to they had to go assure everybody yeah, that sure the snakes like, yeah, were not them. being were not being harmed that yeah. they were being treated. I was watching
0: well. a making of thing today, and the, the kid glass. actually watched this bit with me—the snakes bit. Um, of course, there was the glass with the cobra, but that cobra did spit. Yeah, it you spit can see venom it at him a in the glass. Too. You can see
1: it for a moment. Yeah, Harrison yes.
0: Ford talks about that too. He's like, you can barely see the reflection, but there was a couple of takes where it spit venom at the glass, and they were all just mm-hmm. like, "We got to get this done and get the fog out, Good out thing of here." We got the glass, but uh. They had about 2,000 snakes, which mm-hmm. sounds crazy, right? Wow. And there were Fuck that. a dozen <laughs> snake wranglers there I'm with him. all these live snakes, and a bunch were fake mechanical snakes or whatever. Mm. But a ton of them. That's a garden animals. hose, yeah. Dude, Spielberg's like, this shit's just not working. We need seven to 8,000 more snakes. I need 10,000 snakes in here for this shit to <laughs> work. 10, so they ended by up having PM. to get 10,000 snakes. Wow. calling every animal. Another band name, heavy students. metal band name, Yeah, 10,000 Snakes.
1: Yeah, they had to get all the snakes. They didn't have enough um, anti-venom for it all as yes. well, so they oh had to get God. anti-venom wait. in case they got wait. hurt.
2: I mean, okay, the cobra,
0: you maybe you need a real cobra, but all the rest, they couldn't they just be non-venomous? Most of them were, most of them were. Uh, the pythons, um, was it the DP? No, the AD, the assistant director Got bit by a python, Spielberg said <laughs> Which they're not latched on his hand. He's like, they're not venomous, but it will not let go. They, they all so this thing latched on him, and he couldn't get something. it off his hand. And then somebody, one of the wranglers, was like, "Snap its tail!" So somebody grabbed the tail of it and snapped it, and the thing just let go.
1: <laughs> one of the stunt men actually had to double as Mirian, so he shaved his legs. And wear the dress. <laughs> and they film his legs. for
0: <laughs> That, to me, is the beauty of movie. Man. It is. It now really is. So, so he CGI was like out on the snakes, the... right? So it would be her real legs. There, yep, there's so much exactly. less delusion and sleight of hand and shit.
2: So this guy was out in Hollywood. That's hey, I was just in this movie. He's got these shaved legs, you know, like <laughs> yes. he, you know, like if he hooked up that night, he had to explain his shaved legs. <laughs> Why was in like a movie? Cordless, nice my, stems.
0: <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yes. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, we got to say Some real quick, us. I don't know what time we have. From, when these go well, we have no idea, and it comes up on us quick. But Bzzz. didn't you co-write a script with Gail Hansen? Our boy. Yeah. Uh,
1: Gail and I have been working off and on, on something uh, for the last couple of years. Years. Uh, it's a little bit of a passion project that we keep circling back to gail is a very um close friend of mine and uh, he actually That's knows good. my um uh he knows my kid sister as well uh we're all really close i know his son
0: um so yeah we're kind of all dead uh, poet society for people who really, really don't know yeah. gail hansen was Nwanda. an actor he played charlie Dalton and Wanda in dead poet society one of the all-time great raconteur characters um, which was my both sides in a running. At one point it was probably yes. our favorite movie collectively. I had like three copies somehow. <laughs> right. It's like then you got the VHS, the DVD, two D V D, the special edition, whatever. But and he became an executive later, and I think it was either the first or second meeting we ever had in Hollywood was when he was at Relativity. The dp and we went in yeah. to meet him and we found out like, wait, that's talking about fucking Noanda? Yeah. We went in for I know, meeting blew our Nwanda. minds. And we go in there, it was just a general meeting off of that script where we killed Snyder the cat and shit. And we go sit in there and he's just like, "Dorton Brothers, all right, go. He did that Hollywood shit on us and we're like, uh, go. He goes, he goes you guys funny? <laughs> uh, be, be funny you know, basically how uh, hilarious dude like yeah it was we felt so on the spot man. like our first that or second meeting us. ever uh, like you know how much like, pressure you put on yourself going into those things until you realize they're such circle jerks it really doesn't matter and shit but so you see, he, he went through the list
2: of the projects they were working on. i remember and he seemed to be really, yeah. into, really passionate about them all and
1: stuff he's yeah, no, just
0: cool. a cool dude yeah, he was an early he, supported us that's how after.
1: we that's how he and i initially met uh was him champion he was a very big champion of the script that was being chased by several studios at the time including relativity and um you know we met professionally that way and then over the years we just became That's uh cool. we don't hear about them really we good friends i mean the- i mean to the point where he you know not being hyperbolic at all i consider him almost uh like family, he's basically like honorary family.
0: That's right. Hey, Gail, you got to come on the show. Let's hear about Gail Hansen, yeah. Noanda's favorite? favorite fucking He movie. is one of the he is one of the best guys you could ever. Yeah, I think he know. might even thrown in on the Cactus Jack fucking crowdfunder. Yeah. It. And when we uh, put out our <laughs> our novels,
2: Reapers, he he you know shared it you know with on mm-hmm. Facebook and stuff. You know he he was a good. Now, the crazy
1: thing is years. I have to confess this. I've never seen Dead Poet Society. Oh, Dude. my God, you're missing out. That reminds Dude. me. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. And then oh, I, man, was t- you didn't- <laughs> on, I was on like Twitter with him, and I kept seeing – all no these one. different people hosts yes girls I, was like, in they, I was like why are they calling him this <laughs> what is dude that's amazing no, dude, he's, he's one of the, the great he's possibly
2: the best character in, it in a way i mean robin yes. williams of course you know like uh, iconic as fuck but um if not robin williams i, mean, I remember sure when i was a kid watching this noanda was the man you know he was like the pussy hound you know he's famous. like john bender he's in breakfast Sachs. club right yes. rebel the opening scene that they're they have an assembly and this is a really like a, it's a pre it's a prep school for college but really like ivy league people you know uh like all boys and, stuff. and the opening scene is like the um premiere of the school delivering this very sober speech or whatever and then this phone starts ringing and it's it's nuanda gail hansen's character standing up with a phone going it's god he says you should let girls into
0: the helmet yeah, hellman, hellman was the name of the school they called it hellman <laughs> don't right. it. i don't know if that was the opening scene it might have came later because that got him okay, in trouble he yeah, got right, the yeah. ass whipping and shit but uh
1: now i can believe it
0: he's a killer actor i've seen 30. uh he he's showed under. me his
1: real once, and he's he's brilliant i didn't think he realizes how brilliant yeah i wonder why he retired dude
0: let's get him to act in the next shit we make Fuck yeah <laughs> do it do it and gail. but gail if you beautiful. watch this shit come on our show dude we fucking love you be awesome to find out yeah, charlie Dalton's again. favorite movie yes. one of the best guys so um one thing we've talked about with this podcast we wanted of course to just be like people geeking out they love star wars as a kid reawakens the kid yeah. every time they watch it but also like we had our cactus jack actor michael gall on last week and his pick was inherit the wind you ever see that movie about the scope trial Yeah, no? uh, trial famous movie um spencer tracy he said this film or god was a kid who was in lutheran school right and he planned to go to the monastery when he graduated he saw this movie it made him give up religion and want to be an actor so that is like the height of what a movie can how a movie can impact you you know what i mean they could change the very course of your fucking life forever yeah um now raiders maybe it sets you on the path of writing you know like you said might have changed the course of your life in that manner but are there any other movies that have impacted you in this way outside of maybe just exalting in the joy of how awesome it is do you have any um, movie moments you remember where like wow it changed how you saw something or believed you know
1: you know for me uh yeah, i wouldn't really learn about like favorite writers until i got a little older but for me growing up also uh Walter Hill was one who his work um just kind of shaped a lot of who I am things like the warriors and um you know his just uh his writing was just brilliant so Walter Hill John Carpenter um you know I was born in 85 but uh I ended up discovering a lot of these things by the time I was seven, eight, nine. You know, at the blockbuster. Um, you know, yeah, I grew, bus, the block I grew up in household. I grew up in a household where nothing was off limits from a very young age. I could watch anything. Same. Um, now, week yeah. for my kid and his mom covering his eyes. No offense, I love you, babe. They used to my so my mom used to drop me off at the theater by the time I was like eight, nine years old, Damn. and I would get a stamp. That let them know I was allowed to go into the R-rated film. She would buy the ticket. They would stamp my hand, and I would go
0: in and Again, see. Again, to moms letting kids watch yes. this shit. Don't nerf so the this world. stuff.
1: So this stuff all kind of, um, kind of shaped and informed my DNA. Uh, you know, both as a person, and you know, eventually knowing that, uh, you know, I wanted to be a storyteller. Um, you know when you're growing up in a single parent household so, and you know mom's working all the time to put food on the table uh you know you don't always have a lot of friends over so you end up entertain yourself entertaining yourself and sometimes you know that was the super nintendo or sega genesis
0: and you know most of the time it was turning on a movie on the vhs yeah So much more, especially when our games have changed and evolved to where the storytelling is stellar sometimes and super immersive Yeah, versus those earlier games. But back in that day, movies was it, man. It was the shit. TV was slumming it. TV sucked, right, in the 90s or whatever compared to the golden era of TV. We're now movies was where it was at, dude.
1: Yeah, it didn't speak to me. Television wasn't something that, you know, with very few exceptions, really you know, spoke to the soul
0: in the right. way a great Incredible. movie did. <laughs> <laughs> David the Banner. Family, you know, Roseanne. There's some of these shows that spoke to real issues. and But yeah, for me it was guys. Take you, dude. For me it was characters. You. Like, you know, it was like Big
1: Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. It was, um, you know, again it was The Warriors. It was Beverly Hills
0: Cop. Yeah, I was about to
1: say, Eddie Murphy, um, dude. Shit. um
0: 48 hours that's um, after hill right 48 hours yeah
1: yeah 40 hours was hill nick nolte, shit. Nick nolte that, that one great movie man. um you know midnight run is another one yeah. that yeah. uh you Our know
0: basketball.
1: a lot of and, people love that know, movie. as a kid you don't always understand everything that's happening you kind of mm-hmm. get enough of the gist of it and then you can go back and watch it later whether you're a teenager whether you're an adult and you pick yeah. up all these different nuances that you didn't yeah. really grasp as a child uh you yeah. know like terminator okay yeah. i watched terminator two before i ever saw the first terminator right so growing up you know it was the idea of arnold as the hero in mm-hmm. this
2: movie but he was the villain then, in the first yeah then i saw right. t1
1: i was probably like eight nine years old i saw terminator one and i was like what the fuck is this? He's not the good
2: guy. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm.
1: But then I got older, it's just like, great subversion. Fuck, yes, Kyle one. Reese is great. Like yes. Kyle Reese is awesome. I love that character. Uh, you know, but growing up he wasn't he seemed boring. Yes. Almost, right? Kyle mm-hmm. Reese almost seems mm-hmm. boring as a character mm-hmm. when you're, you know, when you're
0: young, you just want the badass robots killing each other. The muscle dude, the guy looks like an action figure, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, but then you get Kyle Reese, and he's got you know that great, that great coat he's wearing, and the sawed-off mm-hmm. shotgun, and yes. come with me if you want to live, and yes, that great yes. line about how the Terminator, you know, won't stop, it won't stop
0: for anything, yeah,
1: it won't stop for anything until you're dead, and he's great, and his sacrifice he
0: makes at the, you know, Man, for her everything. I don't know. Where we're gonna get gonged out of here, but I want to touch on this again. This is something that watching this movie with my kid, mom covering his eyes, you and our last guest talking about watching Jaws. Now his mom let him watch anything, and how our parents did the or our mom, single mom, did the same. Where isn't that so much better for you? Like all of and these yes, kids' movies 100%. all have the same fucking message in it. We have to work together. We have to learn to fucking do it. In the same three platitudinal thematic messages in every movie. These movies that we shouldn't have been watching, quote unquote introduced us into the world it's like the you want people might want to call it like a gateway thing to wickedness or iniquity or something but it's like no it's like it's a way to be introducing these things it's like like a soft launch or something into into
1: the complexity of the real life Exactly, that's the other thing
0: i mean witness like because harrison ford led me to mosquito coast and witness by eight years old you know yes. what I mean? You're watching these kinds yeah, of Yeah, Witness was another one I
1: saw very young too. Yeah. Love that movie from the get go.
0: Yes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think we're just doing our kids a disservice. Yeah. I mean, like
1: trying to protect them
0: too much. Trying to shelter them. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. because it's just lazy parenting. You don't want to confront, you don't want to have these complex conversations with your kids or whatever. So you're going to nerf the world and they're only going to watch kids shit until. They're a bunch of someday reality bubbling addicts who can't handle reality and shit. They're I mean, not ready. they aren't, or whatever. They yeah.
1: fundamentally aren't ready by the time they go to college. They're not ready to face the real world, the world that isn't, you know, it's not forgiving. It's not a sheltered place. There's no do-overs either, and there's nobody to hold your hand, and they get there at 18, and they – been so sheltered and protected right. some of them it's like we suddenly throw them into the deep and sink or swim and I sense think a sense of entitlement
0: comes out of that too i remember watching shit like the killing fields like roland Joffe's the killing fields like heavy shit about the yeah. chimera rouge mm-hmm. fucking genocide when i'm like eight or nine years old you know and it's like oh i don't got it that bad or you watch movies about right. massacre, you know yeah. Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre and shit or whatever. Right. Like you're like, oh, I'm glad that ain't happening. I'm not happening fighting to me. for my fucking life. My stepdad right. might be a dick today, but I'm not fighting for my life against some leather-faced fucking maniac so or whatever. You know? Yeah, I was I was thirteen or fourteen, maybe
1: it's fourteen when Magnolia came out. I saw that in theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough I got to see Eyes Wide Shut in yes. theaters. Same. Um, we well, saw you know, Kubrick's anything. last film. I know. I feel really, really fortunate that I got mm-hmm. to see that movie.
0: Yeah, on the big. I screen. feel like cinema is so lost to this generation. First off, there's this glut of shit. There's so many right. movies being made, even by people like ourselves. The problem that's probably the part of the problem with the democratization of the process by this technology is that everyone can make a movie. So now there's so many movies. There's so many. Like everyone has a podcast. Dentists, every dentist has a podcast. We have a podcast. Everyone's making movies it's just this glut of material back then it was kind of streamlined by these five studios essentially the cream kind of rose inside they made a lot of stinky shit but even then they had stars yes. in them at least you know and um but there's a sense of discovery too. you went to the video store exactly. you didn't know what you were looking for you
1: thumbed through each genre you went through the titles yep. sometimes Who's alphabetically. In there sometimes you know, not made it. you had to know it was the cover art would intrigue you you read Mm -hmm. the back of the box and you took a gamble
0: was the trailer before a movie not sometimes the most magical moment for me the trailers and just when the first the paramount or the universal or the yeah the boxing card yes whenever the studio card came up because that moment is just nothing but potential promise the potential the promise that i'm fucking about to be taken away and transported mm. so even if the movie sucked that moment though it's always like a drug it's so upon we'll a it time back, sort of thing take it back to raiders you know
1: opens with the paramount
0: yes. mountain
1: yes. and yes. then turns into yeah, they the did real that physical mountain
2: in every film right didn't they? i know and the second one he no. did that too with the gong no, did He it was on the gong you know in the yeah. opening scene I th- I'm pretty sure that was like a running
0: thing, but well, the uh, Paramount. Is he on the, doing third it on the third one too? Yeah, and we'll to have see. to check that. I don't know the Paramount Mountain though. I know I was watching again making of shit this morning, and they were shooting in Hawaii that opening shit. And one of the location scouts he told like the morning of, he just had the idea. They were like Spielberg was always having ideas, great amazing yeah, it's ideas, just but pon- you always had to to fucking accommodate his idea. So he's like, you know what? I really want to segue. From the Paramount Mountain into a mountain, so find me a mountain here in Hawaii that looks like the Paramount it. Mountain. So the dude had to drive around for like two days, fucking nice. looking for this mountain. So he's like, "Oh," ah! and they found the perfect one. You know, it's
1: like a last-minute improv, almost, yes. and it becomes mm. the fucking opening shot. Yeah, so like iconic! That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing.
0: the fact that they held Indy's face back for so long until he whips yeah. the fucking gun out of dude's hand, yeah. and steps up like yeah, he's yeah, so man. That's a good you know? point. So cool. This is the fedora. And that was something again i felt lost to my kid because he watched crusade first yeah so he knew what indie looks like it's like it's you really sad. gotta give them the original shit yeah don't let them have the video games don't let them, just hold it back man mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying parents are there hold it back until they can really experience it the way you did if you want to connect uh-huh.